Zach Servideo from Boston Speaks Up. I'm here with the sponsor, Reed. Silicon Valley Bank is a proud sponsor of Boston Speaks Up for more than 35 years. Silicon Valley Bank has helped innovative companies and their investors move bold ideas forward fast. SVB provides targeted financial services and expertise through its offices at 53 State Street in downtown Boston and in Newton and innovation centers around the world. With commercial, international, and private banking services, SVB helps address the unique needs of Boston's innovators. Learn more at svb.com. Zach Servideo here from Boston Speaks Up. I'm here with Jesse Bardo from Silicon Valley Bank. Hi, Jesse. Hey, Zach. Excited to be here today. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. It's it's wonderful to have you on. Appreciate you taking the time. Uh, we're going to unpack this a bit as we as we get flown into a conversation. I know you're you and your wife are sharing duties between uh, work and and homeschooling. So appreciate you um, budgeting in. Boston speaks up into all of this. Wow, oh, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to be playing this for my kids later, so they know what I actually do. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that, that, that makes me happy. What's up? What's up, Bardo kids? Um, you have, <laughs> you have, you have a wonderful father. It's been, it's been great getting to know him the, the last, uh, last couple of years. So for, um, for Boston speaks up listeners, I'm just going to read through a quick summary on, um, you know, background on Jesse and then we'll, and then we'll flow into the, uh, the conversation. I've gotten some good feedback on doing these summaries to start, um, before we just start jamming. So Jesse Bardo is a director in early stage practice for Silicon Valley Bank in Boston, which banks upwards of 70% of Boston venture-backed companies. Bardo is active in the Boston innovation community and a proven entrepreneur turned angel investor and startup mentor. He was one of the founders of higher education SaaS company Evertrue, which is part of the Techstars Boston 2011 class, which won the Mass Challenge. After gaining Series A funding with Bank Capital Ventures, Bardo and his team grew Evertrue to a 400 plus to 400 plus customers and 50 employees in Boston Seaport neighborhood. Bardo joined SBB in 2018. His role is to connect entrepreneurs with Boston's accelerators, universities, and additional partners. Since the COVID-19 outbreak, Bardo has been vocal on social media and via virtual events, offering advice and support to the Boston innovation community. With the House recently passing a $484 billion supplement to the CARES Act, including $321 billion in fresh funds for the small business for small businesses uh, through the Paycheck Protection Program. Bardo and his team have been working tirelessly to help Boston startups secure SBA loans. And to that end, SVB recently shared it will be donating the net fees from the loans to COVID-19 relief. Amazing. Um, Thank you, Jesse, um, for all the work you do in the community, for all the recent work and active work you do in the community, um, and all while... um, splitting uh homeschooling roles at home like really um really amazing how's life been for you the past you know 30 days or so Uh, things have 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 surely have surely changed (laughs) i mean you know there's a couple different couple different threads i could go on for sure uh but i would say you know this is you know so far out of the realm of anything that i've I've ever been a part of. Um, I think it's it's truly 
you know, truly extraordinary. And I, I'd say as an extrovert, it's been particularly difficult because I haven't talked to anybody in person other than my two kids and my wife, uh, for, for the last, what, probably six weeks now. Um, and so, you know, I thrive on, on the times that I can spend, um, either in, in work with colleagues or out in the market with founders and, um, you know, you're, you're learning a new normal. Um, this, the zoom is, is, is what it is. And I think, um, just taking different steps here and there to, to normalize that. And, and I've for sure, I know you and I have talked about this a bit, but, um, certainly tried to resist the, the, the sense of normalcy uh, that this all has brought at this point. But, um, you know, my kid's school is now canceled through the end of the year. So I'll definitely be doing this for, for quite some more time. And, um, I'd say the best part about this is no matter what, you know, the pre-series A founders that I work with on a daily basis, they're incredibly resilient. And and you and I are, and, you know, hopefully many people across Boston are seeing that kind of, the kind of quick pivots, the, the engagement across the, what, if it's COVID or if it's other, other aspects of, of helping the communities, um, these founders just see this as yet another you know, small hurdle to, to jump over and, uh, and come up with something amazing. And, and that is what I get to deal with every single day. And I think from that respect, this has just been, uh, this has been awesome. Like I, I've really, yeah. I really love to see that, you know, again, a, a global pandemic and, and the shutdown basically of the country doesn't deter these folks from, from doing amazing, innovative things and, and the community come together. And, and you're seeing that every day within the Boston and, and New England uh, technology community. And I, I've just deeply appreciated that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, well put um, that, yeah, the resilience of, of, of early stage sort of pre series a founders and just more broadly, just the innovation community, the, the, co- the new types of connectivity, the, 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 the pivots, the, the, um, the, you know, the community stepping up and, and offering advice for said pivots. Um, these are all the things that um, many of the things and more that, that I'm looking forward to, to discussing with you. You mentioned sort of early on in that, in that answer to sort of you're an extrovert as am I, um, extrovert <laughs> unite as, as, <laughs> as I like to say. And even, even in these times, like one of the things I'm really hoping, um, comes out of this time. And I noticed, I think it might've been on Twitter. You similarly, Jesse kind of experiencing and participating in, um, in video hangs, like, like I have been with, with just buddies from, from high school, you know, call like different parts, different times in your life. I think I saw a good, a good screenshot of like you and some friends and a buddy had put up a picture mm-hmm. of you guys from, from mm-hmm. high school. And it, and it was like, I'm like, I had the same experience Friday night with my buddies from Methuen. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, ta- so before, you know, as we kind of unpack a bit of, um, how, you know, your role at Silicon Valley bank now and, and how, how you're helping, um, you know, founders and startups today, like I- I'd love to give the community an opportunity to get to know you a bit better. So, so let's go back in time. Let's talk about those friends um, from from that from that uh, video hang from this past weekend, um, and just talk to me a bit and, and talk to listeners a bit about sort of um, you, know, you grew up in Andover, Mass, a couple towns over from Methuen, where I grew up. Um, you know what what was that like? And then would love to just kind of hear um, hear you share like the unique upbringing you had, sort of growing growing up really on the Phillips Academy Andover campus. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, it certainly was, I, I, you know, I counted as, as certainly unique. I was a, a fact brat. That means uh, somebody who is a faculty child, uh, of, of, of somebody who, who works at the, at the, the, the school. So I, um, I, my brother and sister and I all grew up. My father is an English teacher at Phillips. My mom is a 
pre-kindergarten teacher at the Pike School, which is a school down the street there. So um, got to, I, I grew up actually in a, in a boys dorm of 50, 52 boys. Um, so I was, uh, I was running around. I remember, you know, vividly remember first, first couple of memories that I have is, is running through the halls. Um, I probably pro- most likely naked, uh, with the boys chasing us, like, <laughs> and, and like slapping our, us slapping their hands as we ran down, bombed down the huge halls of the storm. Um, you know, being like four or five years old, they were all our babysitters. They were all, uh, you know, and these kids come from all over the world. I was fortunate enough to, to attend Andover and, and that's what the Zoom call that you saw is, is my buddies all um, all zooming and, and, and catching up after uh, from all over the world. But um, it was a, it was an incredibly multicultural place. It was a place of um, where where really community means everything. My wife actually went to Andover as well. Um, she was the great above me. Um, we we didn't really know each other in high school, but but reconnected years later. And mm. uh, and and there is that just that that draw. But I think early, early on, just especially living in a place where my family, my father was running the community of 52 boys amongst a bigger community where I was the ball boy of the soccer and lacrosse teams. Um, you just get a sense of what it can be like when everybody kind of works together for a, um, a similar goal. And I think that that has stayed with me for a long time. And I think um, I, I, I kind of rely on those community driven practices uh, yeah. today, today more than ever. Um, but I, you know, I, I really tie that back to what I, what I learned and what I saw around me and um, living in those dorms and, uh, and growing up on, on a campus where it's not just you, it's not just your, your family in, in a house. It's, it's actually a house of, of 50 plus boys. And um, again, all these different languages, all these different people um, working their hardest and living together. Uh, it's just, it's just, you know, there's nothing like it. See, that, that's amazing. When, when we did the pre podcast, um, Q and a, like I was, I was curious. I'm like, wait, so how, like he really grew up like in the dorms. Like, I wonder how young he was, maybe 10, 11, 12, like four or five years old. Like you literally like, um, you know, probably most of your memories, um, came about just like in your resting state is community. Jesse. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so you, no wonder you're, you're such, um, you know, not just an evangelist sort of for the community of, of, of sort of Boston innovation, um, but really just an active member and sort of like helping facilitate and maneuver like with the time. So, um, yeah, I, 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 all right. I I can see why you're so qualified to be in your role. We'll have to, we'll we'll have to talk (laughs) about that a bit more. Like it actually, you know what, let's like double click into that. Like, yeah, tell me a bit more of like what that, like, what are some of the things you learned there that helped, you know, inspire, you know, or motivate you in ways like whether you were as a founder or or now in the, in the SVB role? Well, I think, I think one of the things that, that I learned certainly from my, my parents as they were dorm heads of, of, of this, uh, you know, of these boys. And, and again, yeah. that, that, that experience of, first of all, you're living away from home, um, at 14 years old. Uh, so not only is your, is your teenage years, you know, difficult enough in, in a lot of, you know, in, in many capacities, but then you're, you're doing it, um, you're growing, basically growing up, uh, and, and, and your parents aren't there, uh, and you're, you're relying on your, your friends basically as, as a group to do it. And then these people who are your quote on, you know, your quote unquote dorm parents to be, to be that, that buffer um, and that support network as well. And I think um, just seeing you know, those conversations that happened in my parents' house um, and to yeah. support 
those those students through things that they're going through. And these are not like simple things like homework. This is like divorces and um, and deaths and and things that that um, that you have right. to rally around e- each other and grow together. Um, I I just felt like. I, you know, those are the things I still remember, uh, those conversations happening in the, in the murmurs and the, um, and, and the kids getting trouble and all that stuff. Like those are the, the things that I remember from my, my childhood. And I think, um, I think the, the core lessons are, first of all, you just can't leave anybody behind. Um, and I, I feel that very strongly in the Boston community, um, in so many ways is that, um, Boston does a really good job of, uh, the Boston innovation community does a really good job of, of really trying to, up, you know, uplifts all, uh, all boats together. Um, but you just have to know the right people to, to even get into it. And, and so I try to right. keep my, myself in, in a, in a place where I'm visible to help those founders get into this community from the outside. Um, cause once you're in it, it's great, but it, it does take a little bit of maybe that new England mentality to kind sure. of open the doors. Um, and, uh, and I certainly saw that growing up is, is you need to, you need to see the, the folks who aren't talking as much, the folks who are a little bit quieter, who are the people on the outside looking in and can you bring them in? Um, and, yeah. and what does that mean? Yeah, that's well put. One of the, actually a common answer, like some, I've oftentimes asked, I mean, we're up over 40 podcasts at this point. I think at least a handful, five, six, seven, eight folks. I asked the question, like, what, what's the biggest thing you change about not just Boston, but the world. And and a few people said access and you just hit on that, like just the importance of like access. And, and, um, I love that, that, that that's a very righteous sort of um, intention that you have to like, just be like a point of entry, um, for people to access like the Boston innovation community. Like that's really beautiful. I'd, I'd love to talk a bit about like where, you know, where that, um, where that comes from, like, you know, and, 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 or, or how that started manifesting, I guess, in your like early, um, you know, pursuits, college and post-college because your parents are teachers, you come from a family of educators and you were kind of going in that direction and you totally could justify like with your type of like community driven, like no, you know, no student, you know, left behind sort of, you know, could have been your mindset. I could totally Im- imagine professor Bardo out there. Um, mm-hmm. but, but t- yeah, talk, talk us through like, you know, where, you know, where you went to college and like what you studied and, and sort of how you started to get that first itch and sense that like, Oh wow, like entrepreneurship is, is, is an interesting um, lane um, for me to sort of participate, participate in and sort of grow as a, as a human, as a, as a professional. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I think that's, that's, that's well put and, 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 and a good question. And I think, you know, it started for me, as I said, growing up on campus and over Phillips's uh, motto is non city, which is not for self in, in Latin. So I, I think it was ingrained in right. all of us, uh, that sense of community um, start starting, starting there. And, um, and, and then I went to Wesleyan university uh, in Connecticut and um, was really drawn to the school because of how, frankly, how different it was from Andover. Um, it was uh, a place where I was just, I, 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 while Andover is a, is an incredibly tough, uh, it was definitely the hardest, hardest thing I've ever done is, is go through four years at, at, at Andover. Um, uh, Wesleyan was very diverse and specifically very diverse minded. I would say Andover mm. is incredibly diverse, um, from, a just pure, you know, as you look at, at yourself and you look out amongst others, it is a, it is definitely the most diverse place I've ever been. Um, but Wesleyan, they were just kids coming with frames of mind that were so different than what I was used to. I was used to going at a pace of, right. you know, a million miles a minute, uh, all towards a very driven 
single goal of, of, of success um, at Phillips. And then you go to Wesleyan and people are off doing a million different things. And so I, I jumped in. I thought I was going to be a history teacher. Um, I went uh, there. Uh, I really part of the draw was the American Studies program and the inter- interdisciplinary uh, aspect of it. And so I was taking classes all over campus. Uh, I ended up being a major uh, American Studies major with a concentration in racial politics and was fully set on going in, uh, working at a boarding school, which I had done my whole life, uh, going in and being a, uh, a history teacher uh, there and just figured right. I'm not ready, ready to hit those books yet. I want to go, uh, I'll, let me go to uh, boarding school and do admissions because I could talk about boarding school all day long. Right. Um, and, uh, and so did that. And when I got to NMH, it was uh, 2007. And, and this is Northfield, um, Mount Hermon? Yes, Northfield Mount Hermon School out in Greenfield, Massachusetts. Um, Where is so, that? My uh, my sister went to Westfield. Orient me a bit. That's out there, right? <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. It is Western Massachusetts, uh, Western Northern Massachusetts. So okay. if you go, if you go one town up um, uh, north of 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 where uh, NMH is, you are in Vermont. Um, okay, and so, got it. <laughs> uh, and 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 like two towns over, you're over. You're getting into New Hampshire, and so. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's up that way, uh, and I uh, and you know loved it up there. Um, I, I, 2007, Phillips Andover was the first high school in the country to get access to Facebook. Um, mm. Fast forward, Wesleyan um, is also gets on it, so I'm on Facebook early. Um, I'm seeing different things shift to the platform. Um, yeah. You know, because when Facebook started, you had to have an EDU account. Um, so I used my Andover, uh, yeah. uh, Andover account to get onto Facebook. And again, being the first high school on it, we were able to connect with our college buddies who were already on it. Um, so was early on that. Um, and, uh, and then as I get to Wesley or get to NMH, um, Facebook is, is getting bigger and bigger and the brands are starting to be very visible on Facebook. And so right. to the credit of the institution, I basically asked them, I said, Hey, what do you think if I created a Facebook fan page for the school, um, would you, you know, could I, I do that for admissions? And they said, yes. And they, they, uh, over the next three years, they actually made it the core part, a core piece of my job. Um, and so I started to, uh, I started to take you know, a lot of pictures around campus, made a very like candid experience for what it was like to, to be at, at school, used alumni stories to, uh, populate the Facebook page and then, um, got it out. We got, we basically changed all our materials and had all the incoming students or the uh, admissions, um, kids all go through and look at us and the parents look at Facebook. Um, and, uh, it was just mm-hmm. a, it was a new way of thinking about how to, how to engage, uh, the, the institution. And, and so I started to blog and speak about what it meant to be that first mover in, um, in on, on Facebook and, and social media and education. And, um, ultimately found out that schools actually wanted to pay me to tell them how to do it. Um, and I was three years in NMH. I was now nice. dating my now wife. Um, she was living in Boston and thought, man, I, 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 I this is t- time for me to go. My That's job. a hell of a commute uh, from the upper left corner of Massachusetts all the way to Boston. So <laughs> yeah, I got to know those roads very, very well. And, uh, and, uh, and, and so, uh, quit my job, went to the world cup actually in South Africa with my best friends from high school, uh, who were on that zoom chat and, yeah. uh, and then, uh, and then went, uh, and then went to Boston and, uh, joined a, really became a director of a company that we 
you know, really got off the ground called uh, Ed Social Media, um, which is doing uh, blogging and speaking uh, of educators all across the world on on social media for for their their schools. And so I um, I basically went around all over the country and just did boot camps around social and education, and then cool. uh, and then ran, ran speaker series um, for like ten months. And what and what was the the audience in those rooms that you would be in? Uh, they would be the, the, everybody from the head of admissions to, yeah. um, you know, the social studies teacher who just has the Facebook account that the school is like, Hey, you're, you're young. You, you go and, and, and try to learn how to do this too. Um, yeah. so you ran the gamut of it and sure. I would, um, I would spend, uh, so I traveled all over. I was on the road constantly. Um, in, incidentally, met, uh, Brent, who's the CEO of Evertrue, met him at, uh, at a conference that I was speaking at in chicago and he showed me what he was doing um which he was at he was on like a side of a booth of somebody that i had known really really well um who was one of our sponsors for ed social media showed me what he was doing and i said man this is amazing um i want this for andover i want this for wesleyan i i uh this is the kind of you know this is the kind of thing that i feel like uh is next for these schools uh, and so i started to send him leads um yet you know he he had he had just started evertrue we really didn't, he didn't really even have a, a product and, 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 um, they were just getting started. And so, um, I, but he had, he had a market fit and you're like, and yeah, there's a market fit here. Here's a funnel. Like, okay, we should probably figure out this product and do this. Yeah, exactly. And, I, <laughs> and he, 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 to his credit, he called and we actually did a, a quick background check on one another. He had gone to Brown and played football. A bunch of my best friends from high school had gone to Brown and played football with him. We basically were texting the same people at the same time saying, Hey, what's up with this guy, Brent? What's up with this guy, Jesse? We, they connected, we connected through, through them. They were all like, Hey, I can't believe it took you guys this can, long. Can I interject here for together. a moment? Yeah. And, and I want to know if one of those Brown um, mutual friends was Zach Diossi. Uh, exactly. So uh, that, uh, it was absolutely one of those guys uh, who, who connected us. Uh, for, for sure. That's awesome. For, for listeners, actually, one of my best friends that's that's I was on a Zoom with this past weekend, just like Jesse was on his buddies from high school, actually left Methuen to go to Phillips Academy and was just, and was 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 one of your first friends, uh, my buddy Justin Lafredo. He's like, I yeah, talked to him exactly. this weekend. I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk to Jesse for the podcast. He's like, I swear, I think he was like the first dude I met on campus. So I'm like, well, yeah. now that makes sense, right? All Boston Speaks Up <laughs> listeners, because I don't think you go to Phillips Academy and not meet Jesse Bardo over like a couple decade period. Uh, but one <laughs> of um, when when we were in high school, Justin used to come to Methuen with um, Tom Kennedy, who pitched on the baseball team, and and Zach Diossi, and we used to just play. I used to play pickup basketball, and I always had to cover Zach, and he was oh, he was dude. a. Tri- I mean, he oh, went off the brown. I mean, for uh, you know, if you ever want a career in the NFL, the safest one is is become a long snapper and. Uh, go, you know, go off and go off into, uh, you know, a decade plus career like Zach's done. Good for him. And, okay. and his dad. <laughs> and his dad. I know. I know. Well, well done. Okay. So I, I had to double click into that. Cause when you said Brown and mutual friend from Phillips, I figured Zach Diossi yeah. might've been one of them. So, so you guys sure. found those, those, con- so there you go again, like that's, you know, commonality, community connect connectivity is, you know, you know, helps inspire confidence. So then you, so, so sorry, sorry, it kind of push you back on, on your track is that you guys sort of realized, okay, like, you know, we were kind of, we vetted each other. This feels right. Like it, it, were you at a point where you were like ready to kind of take a leap as a co-founder? Yeah. So, and, and it really was a perfect time for me because I was really burnt out on all this travel and this kind of like talking about social media and education, but then 
it was it's not scalable and and really tough uh the, the audience i ended up being you know saying all this stuff over and over again and and very few folks sort of taking it and running with it there there was a core group that i felt like you know this is a good uh you know they're, they're first movers here but then in general we weren't getting a lot of i wasn't getting the kind of uh, sort of traction i was i was hoping for across all those various conversations and so um what I did get to do is meet a lot of people and I met pro- probably around 900 schools in that, in that 10 month period. And, uh, and, uh, Brent was, uh, came back to me after, after specifically a West coast swing that I had done and said, Hey, I, I'm, I'm from Iowa. I'm the first person in my family to go to college. Uh, this is not, these are not my networks, but these, especially independent schools that you're talking to, would be great customers of ours. And, yeah. um, and so why don't you, why don't you join us? And, uh, that I, you know, that was, that was the, that was the, that was history there. And, and, and so joined, joined Brent and Eric. Um, and, uh, my first day of at work at Evertrue was the first day of Techstars 2011, um, class. And so Brent had used wow. his network, uh, and, and, and to get into the program. Um, and, uh, and we were, it, it was, uh, yeah, off to the races. That's amazing. So there's a few levels of like, it, it, there's, there's a few dots I want you to kind of connect and kind of speak to at this, at this point in your career, which I realized number one, one of our recent podcast guests, Ryan light was part of the tech stars, 2011 yeah. class. So you must yeah. know Ryan. So that's super cool. Very well. he, he, he lives, he literally lives in, in, as you probably learned, like the same apartment I lived in in LA. Um, and he's, and, and he speaks so highly of like that experience at that time with, with tech stars. And then he, he has a lot of connectivity to Austin. And I know that, um, this is when you first kind of started like ever true kind of put you on a track too, where like Silicon Valley bank, you know, banked ever true and mm-hmm. helped, helped mm-hmm. send you to South by. And I'd love to hear exactly mm-hmm. what you mean by that. Like they sent you and how they made that happen. Cause I think it's really interesting. And what I find, one of the things I find most compe- compelling about Silicon Valley bank is sort of the, um, as you put it well in the pre podcast Q and a, like the startup concierge role that SVB plays. So I think that's really, mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, and just, mm-hmm. and then just generally like you've, you've worn a lot of hats at, 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 and you wore a lot of hats at Evertrue. And I just thought it was so honest of you to, to kind of, um, indicate, you know, pre-podcast like, yeah, like the, all the roles had their challenges, but like it, you know, being a co-founder cause you came in so early, but, and, but not being the CEO or CTO and needing to be what the company needed you at all different phases, which was all sorts of different types of roles actually, you know, you, you, one constant that you had, which I think just holds so true today for, for, for founders and for startups is your connectivity to customers. And, you know, I've, I've been talking to a lot of my clients that I advise these days and, and, and doing my fair share of reading because I, you know, there's, there's, um, you got to stay sort of on top of like trends right now. And I think, you know, when I looked at some of the literature around just, um, you know, layoffs and those who haven't, ha- you know, have been kept around companies. And certainly this holds true for many, you know, the 10 or so companies I advise. If you have strong connectivity to the customers at a business, um, you are of monumental importance to that business. And, and, and it is through that relationship, um, that a lot of, a lot of sort of, um, the, you know, the, the, the company's sort of life force, you know, comes to being in particular during tough times. So a lot there that I kind of just like, like threw at you, but just kind of like starting with just the tech stars, you know, 
relationship and, and sort of going through that process, winning mass challenge. Like if you could start there and I can help kind of guide you through some of those other things to hit on, like, I'd love to kind of hear your journey because you've, you've been in the role that many listeners of this podcast are now in. Like you've been that like first time founder, you like, like going through tech stars, Boston, like I'm going to go do mass challenge. Like I'm going to go check out South by Southwest. Like I'm going to build, I'm going to build this. Um, yeah. and, and so like sharing kind of how the community, you know, the, the community of Boston, even, you know, in 2011, almost 10 years ago, um, really rallied around you, you um, first time founders, I think is really valuable to share with the community today. Yeah. And I, listen, I, I'm doing this job today because of, of that experience, uh, directly. And, 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 you know, you asked me on the pre pre-podcast questions like would you want to be doing this essentially would you want to be doing this and anywhere else and you know i i think i've felt this great debt back to the boston uh technology community because of what they did for us through techstars in 2011 um what they did for brent and i and eric um you know was uh, you know nothing short of of complete leaning you know a complete lean in uh uh, on, on folks who are incredibly green and passionate and uh, excited. And, uh, and, and so what Katie Ray uh, and Reed did, you know, our, our quote unquote uh, uh, parents um, did for us, uh, this, this group of, of folks who came together, like, again, out of them really cultivating 10 companies together. Um, but they put, they put together a great group. I mean, it was help scout. It was, uh, Ryan and, and Shravish at, at, at Convey, uh, you, you know, the, the promo box team, all, all folks who we are very close with still. Um, yeah. and, and I, you know, I talked it's to an impressive um, group. I, oh, it was, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to brag or anything, but we're the, <laughs> we're the highest, uh, we raised more money than any other tech stars class in the history of tech stars. Granted, we also been around a lot longer than most of the other <laughs> classes, but, um, feel very good about, uh, about that class. And, and sure. part of it was not only that, you know, that we were a, a good, you know, a great group of founders, um, but also the support we had. And, and it was, uh, it was everybody. Uh, so it was, uh, we had folks at, um, at SVB who were, who were leaning in to us. And, and that's how I got to know that team, um, Tuan and Dan Allrud and, and others um, who, as you said, um, sent us to South by Southwest. Actually, it was, it was them sending us to South by Southwest, which they actually literally had an SVB house. There, oh, where they wow. had a, a, sh- a chef, and then there were uh, ten teams, ten founders from all over the country who uh, they sh- flew in to stay there. Makes uh, sense. And we got to be a part of this. We got to meet all these other founders, but we also uh, we also got taken care of by Ryan Light. And there was a two thirty in the morning uh, uh, conversation we were having with Ryan at the bar in Austin on the east side that he had taken to. Uh, taking us to where he was like, Oh, and you guys are looking for a designer. Hey, I've got my, my buddy Pimbo who just moved to Boston. You should check him out. And we got our first <laughs> designer from that. And, and yeah. you know, uh, you know, it's like those, those, that, that, that sort of uh, forced serendipity that comes because of uh, all yeah. of our connections and, and, uh, and conversations uh, that yeah. helps with tech stars, helps with Boston, all those things. Um, right. But the, you know, the tech stars experience was, was incredible. And we ended up raising a little over a million dollars from great angels. Um, uh, as Coolio was playing with the Bruins winning the world, uh, the Stanley cup. Uh, it was just, uh, it was surreal. I got, 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 I
Really? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, so we just tried to lock it all in and, and at once. And then, and then off to the races, um, we actually, we stayed in the Techstar space for a long time, which was actually what old, where dog patch was. Um, so yeah, yeah. over in, in Kendall, uh, in Kendall square, which looks very different than it does now. Yeah. Uh, and then we're a part of mass challenge, uh, in, uh, one Marina park drive where we had a, f- a complete, uh, we, we looked over the whole city and, and, and that on the 14th floor, and now it doesn't have a view at all, uh, because, uh, there's the, the seaport looks completely different than it does uh, today. Oh yeah. I was, I was, that was at that time I had been working at Fama PR and, and, and was, um, working in Cambridge innovation center in Kendall square. And we had just moved to seaport, but it was like an early move, right? Right. When it was announced 20 C's, but right when like Jerry Remy's and legals Harbor side opened, and there was none of that new skyline there. Um, and it's all, it's all changed. And the other thing I remember about 2011, just as a Boston guy and a Boston sports fan, that Boston Bruins cup run of 2011 was just amazing. So that's why I always think fondly of 2011. <laughs> I know a yeah, lot of people. Was, yeah. <laughs> so, that, so between that, so you had, so you had the Bruins cup run, um, going through tech stars, then get, make your journey into mass challenge and got engaged all in 2011. Um, yeah, yeah, That's that was hell of uh, a year. It was quite a year. Uh, it seems very. It was the <laughs> opposite of what coronavirus is now. It was uh, <laughs> very extroverted. A lot of events out in the in, yeah. in, the, in the world, and but it yeah. was. Uh, it was, and but I think you know, TechStars again. That that I felt like everybody everybody was around for us um, right. when we were at TechStars. And, and I think that's, that's, the, that's kind of my North Star. One of my North Stars here at, at SVB is, is how, do we, how, do we provide, how do we provide that opportunity for the founders today? Like, what, what, what would it mean? What would it take for a, uh, an investor not to have the, those, those first-time founders who don't have a network to, to, to make that what kind of ass has to come? That's what kind right. of introduction has to come for that founder to who has a great business and is, is working, um, you know, so hard to make that happen, but again, just doesn't have that kind of introduction. What would it take for them to get investment from somebody who meets them at, at a bar for a drink or over Zoom yeah. um, at this point? And, and is that possible? You know, I think those are, what, that's what we saw. That's what we had. And that's what made us successful. Uh, we're yeah. trying to create that environment again, um, where it, it, it's uh, we're, we're really leaning into those folks who who are going to make Boston again, that continue to make it the, the the innovation economy that it is. That's great. Yeah, the, the the words that come to mind for me are like just like helping surround, in particular, like new founders or just any founders, like early stage pre A founders with um with with sort of like surrounding them with like confident allies like surrounding them with confidence and just and and really sort of confidence sort of therefore like you know vis-a-vis like investors and more and like those like active sort of you know vc agents that they're that are about you know that are plentiful and in boston that can really help those companies grow so like i love like talk about evertrue's journey um growth story like um additional sort of like you know fundraising like what was that process what was that process like um and then and then i think it'd be and then it'll be great to start to unpack like your role you know your role today and then of course how that's changed due to covid19 mm. yeah so we went through tech stars then went uh and we're in mass challenge one mass challenge in 2012 um tried to stay in those spaces as long as possible being as yeah. uh 
as really uh, scrappy as we could be. Uh, mm-hmm. Raised about one, a little over one after Techstars, then went and raised a, uh, a significant A round with Bain Capital, really around a pivot that we had made um, after watching our the growth metrics of our uh, alumni app um, for alu- you know for alumni um, and understanding through through looking at the data that actually the people who used our application the most were uh, were the um, development officers in these institutions. Uh, we didn't see them as customers when we started the company, but huh. it became very clear that they didn't have the kind of technology that we had. Um, we were trying to layer LinkedIn and Facebook on top of uh, on your iPhone in 2010 because those were big, big, big pieces to the puzzle. They were all growing and we felt sure. like our networks could really use that kind of enhancement. Um, but it just turned out that, uh, well, there were significant, significant pockets of people who used it, what, who used it every day. It was the people who needed a map to get from one meeting to the next, um, and, and really needed like mobility software and scheduling software. And, and we started to lean into that and, um, and Bain, uh, saw that, uh, that pivot, saw that, that the work that we we're doing, um, on the, on the back office side of the advancement, this sort of B2B yeah. enterprise experience that we could provide in a very antiquated space. Um, and, and so went, raised an A there, uh, with them, um, and, uh, and then started to really sell to higher ed institutions. And, well, and can you double click on that for a second? Just sorry, to, sorry to jump in on that on you there. But the, with Bank Capital, like, I, like what, what do you like first? Like for the community, like what's in your view? And I know it's a few years back. Like a substantial A round. Like what's the size? We're talking like ten uh, million. No, 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 yeah. no, not like yeah. not A's of today. Uh, yeah, but like four, we're, we're, four or five million. Then, four, yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, we we've been, subsequently ended up raising around twenty five million um, with with Bain as a, as a lead. Um, yeah. So been a been a number of, of different rounds here, um, but that A you know obviously is the is the big one to kind of like get you over the hump and get you to like oh we're kind of a real company now like this, yeah. is, this is not a there's no no we've got like people that we have to um, take care of and, uh, right. and <laughs> potentially an office space and and all the other things yeah um, and so that was a big change. Yeah. And, and just, just one, and one more question on that when you were raising and, and presenting to Bain, like, it sounds like you had like a really compelling data informed sort of business evolution, like even less a pivot, but you just, your data showed that you had like a very core consistent sort of buyer across your existing customer base of which, you know, I'm assuming you sh- maybe did you then show like, and the total addressable market, the TAM for this, this group that we haven't even addressed yet because we didn't know we were supposed to market to them is, is this much substantially larger? And so our, you know, our growth plan is to take the capital that we'll get and, and sort of go after that. Like I'm, I'm playing out, you know, assumptions here, but like, can you just like briefly walk through like, what was that process? Like raising that a round? Like, it sounds like you may have used data to do so. Is, is that a, a correct assumption? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a couple different things, right? It's, it's, we, we raised, our, our, we came out of Techstars with about 50 customers, um, and they were right. all mostly independent schools uh, using this as the alumni app. Uh, and 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 then you settle in after after a breakneck speed of three months trying to get 50 customers and, and go through all your mentor meetings and everything else. And you sit back and say, oh, oh wow, well, we have we have 50 customers. What now? Uh, we got to hire right. 
support. We got to you know hire hire for everything that we're bad at. We got to find people who who we can who we can make us and level us up even more and, and make us a better company. Um, and then you get so as we started to see those different things and and uh, and build you know build actually an actual product out. And you know this is this is not something we had a, a fully baked thing even even out to the market when we were at TechStars. Um, and yeah. so building all that out and 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 again being as scrappy as as we could be i think we started to see uh you know you you skate where the puck is going uh you can only throw your head against a wall for so long around kind of usage and getting people and people sort of saying to you okay well, i want to see the metrics i want to see the metrics that's all well and good if you but if your product doesn't have those metrics you have to go where the metrics are and and for us that was internal offices showing us very clearly wow they and 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 we didn't we didn't live that life. We didn't know that they didn't have the kind of of technology that you would need to to go out on a visit. They were just using Google. You know, they weren't even using Google. They were using Excel spreadsheets with uh, old addresses on it to to go find somebody who they were trying to raise millions of dollars from. You know, that's just not an efficient use of anybody's time. And so that was when right. started things started to click, and you could start to see this enterprise path, which is a much uh, I think much more investor friendly experience than, uh, you know, hoping, a almost a direct, almost a direct consumer sort of play on alumni engaging with one another. And, yeah. and you, you, it's, it, it is a time of Facebook. It is a time of, of LinkedIn. There's, there's things that you would show growth there, but at the same time, we realized we were a utility. We weren't a, we were, we didn't for an alum, they weren't going to go into this every day unless they were looking for a job or moving cities. And then mm -hmm. they might use it for a period of time where they'd want to open up their network. Um, and we had those stories. We had plenty of those stories and, um, and, and that kind of thing. But we also realized that budgets were differently allocated and that the alumni team budget was very different than the advancement team budget. And so all of these things start to click. And as they click and you get more and more and, and stay very close to your customer, you realize this you, and you realize what they need. And, and again, it's the natural progression of things. And I think we find that often today at SVB, I mean, working across 800 companies, you see, you see that maturation happen. Uh, it just takes time and it takes data and it takes, you know, you guys spending cycles. And, uh, and, and that's, uh, that's certainly, I, I learned a lot from that. That's great. And so, so talk a bit about the, like the role you play just in, and how you, how you did sort of gravitate toward and, and, and in many different ways, um, work with, um, deliver value to, but also derive value from customers. Um, because I think there that's, you know, it's, it's an important topic that can't be discussed enough. Like just the, the importance mm -hmm. of like how to, um, you know, the di like just all the different layers and levels and, and sort of lenses through which you need to sort of consider how to improve the customer relationship, um, you know, for, for any business. Um, so, so talk a bit about that role that, that you played. Yeah. 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 So I think, you know, we, we, we realized very, very early on, I think, um, you know, I came, I, I literally lived on campus. So I, I was very attuned to, these schools and, and like what it takes on the back end of them to, to run them and to, to, uh, to engage in them and, and kind of bled that experience. Um, right. and I think, you know, Brent did as well because of his experience of what the networks of his institutions had done for him. And so we came at it, um, with, uh, 
tremendous passion and and love and belief that that we could uh, enhance those things. And I, I and and I think um, it, that passion, that that kind of like that drive, uh, was what built our culture. Uh, you know, certainly stemmed from from TechStars, certainly tech, you know, from what we built at, at Mass Challenge and and so on. But um, but we were always very customer focused and yeah. uh you know it, to the point where you know our one of our first hires was my dear friend courtney camps who she had come she actually worked at my wife's company my wife is a headhunter for private schools um so she i had gotten to know her through my wife and was you know if there's anybody out here who could help us tell the story and who would be would be better at the sort of customer success customer uh support side of things than I will be. And I was, and I would be in sales, uh, like let's hire her. Cause I, I know I'm bad at that stuff, right. but she, she, she's going to be great. And then we continued to iterate and we hired my, my, uh, dear friend, Mike Paladino, who I went to college with, who then came on and was our first like full-time salesperson. And, and we kept on like building in that way where people were empathetic towards our customer that they right. knew and loved the experience. And, and, and it was a great way, I think for us to, to, to build the, the culture of the company and, and the product, which stayed very, very close to the, to the customer because we realized our customer, and this is before account-based marketing, this is before all, a lot of this stuff got, got bigger. Um, we were doing it on our own because we realized, well, if we don't have them, like our, our, everything is built on our, our sort of reputation with our customer. And it, if they don't believe us, if they don't believe that we're in this for the right things and we're building with them in mind, um, we're not going to be successful. And so um, I think that that kind of brought me from, uh, I started doing, I was really on sales, then went to customer success. When we raised our A, um, you know, a lot of things shifted. Bain brought in a, a, a very senior team on top of the us as, as sort of young, young founders. Um, yeah. I got sort of pushed down. It was a really interesting time. Um, for me, uh, you know, I, I learned a lot. I, it wasn't my favorite time, um, but it was also something where I had to sort of figure out, we all had, we all had to figure out like what's next for us. And, and sure. for me, it was put your head down, stay close to the customer. I, I went in being a customer success manager, then started to build on these customer relationships, especially as we were at a point where we could build out a enterprise product. Um, and then was our first customer enterprise customer success manager, and then really used that experience and being really close to places like MIT and Union College and Wesleyan and Andover um, to realize, oh, we have, there's a bunch of core things that we don't do. And, and this is the same time that Land and Expand was kind of how we were viewing our experience in higher ed. It, we weren't going to come in and get all of the account all at once, but if we could build and grow, there was some real opportunity to get to be a pretty big company. Um, right. and, uh, and so then moved on to be sort of uh, director of customer experience and, and really think of the life cycle of a, of a customer from that first touch point with us, maybe at a conference or an email all the way through to, uh, you know, a million dollars uh, of, of sort of LTV. Yeah, that's really unique experience you had. I appreciate you sharing, like, you know, getting into it a bit in the, the part, which it, it ha it's, it's got to be uncomfortable when, like, the founding team's kind of most pu pushed down a bit, as you put it. And, like, there's, like, more, you know, senior, like, executives brought in to kind of help sort of the company scale. Um, I imagine that you probably have, and if, and if, and if you don't, 
you certainly would, your counsel could be sought um, by, you know, Bain, by Bain Capital and by others that are, that are helping um, first time founders grow and maybe, you know, it potentially even improving the manner in which you sort of um, you, the Bain Capital engages with and sort of evolves the roles of the founding team. Um, are there any things you learned in that experience that have become tips um, for how, you know, that you give to, to founders and or to like folks on the banking and VC side and sort of like, Hey, like when inevitably you bring in some more senior leadership, like here's like, you know, here's a good playbook. Not that there's one size fits all to kind of help the the founding team thrive in the, in their sort of like new and evolved roles. Yeah. I mean, I, listen, I talked to co uh, specifically, and we, we talked about it briefly, but yeah. I, I talk to co-founders all the time. And, yeah. and that is the, that is, the, that is a really interesting, it's an, it's, it's a really interesting role, right? Because you are not the, the CEO. So you don't have all that stuff coming from the, the VC funds that's coming and saying, Oh, you got to be part of this cohort or you're, you know, there, there's a lot of spotlight on the C, CEO. There's a lot of spotlight on the CTO. Um, yeah. that, you know, if there is a co-founder, a third co-founder like myself, and, and I see this, as I said, all the time, um, I, the biggest advice I have for folks who are in that position, uh, and are on these early founding teams is, is start to catalog early what you're doing and how you're doing it and, and have a frame of reference for where you want to go. Because if you don't, right. then the company will just take you in any way that, that, that it needs. Because you're usually somebody that's that's really uh, uh, that's going to take on uh, different responsibilities because you don't have a set place. You're not the CEO. You're not the CTO. You're not working with the technical team, whatever right. it is. And so I got that advice early, um, which was just keep on that. The, you keep on a path that you think is is core to you, um, and and where you want to go. And and there were some different iterations of it, but um, it for me it was it was that that customer focused uh, experience, that voice of the customer that, um, you know, that, that came. And I think, I think that's, that's what I always advise um, folks because otherwise you could be in, you know, in, in, in sales one time and customer success or, or, right. or product and blah, blah, blah. And you come out of five, six, seven years of doing that. And you're just, a, you're, you can't go get another job like that. Um, and I found that out through having many conversations after, as I was winding down at Everton trying to figure out my next gig, um, that was like, I'm so glad that I had all this stuff to point to, like literally in an Excel spreadsheet with how much I had sold, how much my accounts had been, um, during customer success or enterprise, like pointing all these things. Cause it's, it's better that you it do it in the, in real time rather than like after the fact, trying to remember all that stuff. Um, and I, again, it's not a, it's not a experience that just happened to me. It's I've, I hear it all the time. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great advice to individuals and, and just, I mean, being like document what you're doing and, and be in, and being put yourself in a position to kind of control your journey and, and, and have confidence in sort of like how you want to, you know, dictate and, and dictate how that journey sort of like evolves over time. That's like best for you, you know, vis-a-vis the business. So, um, that's really helpful. Uh, and so, so what, what was it like, at what point was, was, um, ever true at when you, um, started, you know, were you looking for, for new roles? Like when, how did, you know, talk, talk through how you arrived at, 
all right, you knew what you loved, like the type of customers you loved were like, wow, I'm starting to realize like I can help individuals and founders. Um, who helps individuals and founders, banks and VCs. So like, I, I think yeah. there's a little bit of that narrative that, that I think we played out a little bit in the, in the pre-podcast Q and a, but like, yeah, what was, what was kind of changing for you? Like personally, and, and what, you know, talk about what you were seeking out and how you found that sort of dream role at the, in the, in the early stage practice at, um, at, at Silicon Valley bank. Yeah, no. Uh, so I, I think it was just, um, it came a time where I felt like, I hit my, my ceiling. Like I, I, and, and frankly, I was director of customer experience. I wasn't loving the conversations with customers at that point. Uh, mm. you know, and I, I felt like I, I'm, I can't do my role if I'm just, um, really frankly, you know, pretty bitter about like this. Is, I know the technology works. I know that we're in the right place. I know that we have a product that should have product market fit, but it's our, 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 our market is a really tough market. And, mm. um, and ultimately for me, it was, um, okay, let's take stock here. What do I really like doing? And I'd made a number of angel investments. Um, I was fortunate enough to be asked to, to, um, to mentor the tech stars, uh, classes in 2017. I, and I, I didn't honestly, until that point, I was, didn't think that I could ever have gotten up in front of those companies and, and told them, the stuff that I'd been hearing when I was there in 2011, hearing Jennifer Lum and Katie Ray and all these amazing people say all these, you know, talk about their journeys. I was like, man, I, I, one day, if I could ever impart any sort of wisdom on these folks, um, you know, that would be amazing. And I, yeah. you know, but I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to get there. And, and then it, they asked me to come be a part of it in 2017. I started talking with these teams and being like, wow, actually, I've actually seen that problem before. I, oh, I've lived that. I, I actually know an answer to that. Um, and, and so I started really diving into that uh, experience and, and, uh, and it was like, okay, well, how do I, like, how do I make this my full-time job without spending my entire um, bank account uh, as a, as an angel investor? And it just didn't seem like there was that many, that was that many options. So I kind of put it in the back burner. I went and had like a hundred over a hundred conversations with people that I had built up relationships with in the Boston ecosystem over time. Um, after, you know, head in the sand really with, with Evertrue for a long time. Uh, and first of all, I was amazed at how generous people were with their time. Um, you know, I didn't yeah. have anybody say, say no, you know, I, I had people say, hey, you know, give me two weeks. It's the end of the quarter, whatever. But as I started to have these conversations, uh, really started to whittle down, like, what, what do I want to be doing? what am I, what am I good at? And what, what, what is, what is the market like right now? Um, and, and through a lot of those conversations realized, you know, I can't be, I'm not going to be in product, even though I'd sort of PM products that ever true. Uh, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to be in sales. I, I really don't want to be right. in, in, you know, straight up in customer success. I do want to have strategy as part of my, my, my life. Um, and, and want to be thinking at a macro level and through all of that, um, you know, I thought I was going to move over to a growth stage startup in Boston, sort of a um, chief customer officer role. Um, but I started to have this thread, heard about the early stage practice at SVB. You know, it was like, wow, I had a, had a great experience with SVB, with SVB early on. Haven't right. really gone to an SVB event since and I'm not really engaged with them now. But like, I, I really like the people I worked with. I have good friends there um, and sort of checked in on that, learned that they'd created this sort of early stage practice. Um, focus on early stage entrepreneurs, um, and and they 
brought about this position of like a, a founder for founders in the Boston ecosystem, this evangelist role, um, really working on macro trends, uh, really helping early stage founders from the university level all the way up to a, a series A um, make Boston the best place to build and grow your business. Yeah. And that is like, was directly in the thesis of what I wanted to be doing. Um, and, uh, and, and really felt it just was like kind of blown away with, with what I had the opportunity to do if, if given, you know, if I had come over to the SVB and, and ultimately took that as my what right ex- Yeah. What an exciting role for an extrovert that loves community, <laughs> that loves community and, and, and is, has been battle tested in, in, through sort of the Boston startup scene and also experience like all the love and nurture of the scene. Like it's perfect. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. 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 So how long, so when, and when was that that you started at, um, at SBB? Uh, I started in, uh, May of, I think yeah, May of 2018. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 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 So coming, coming uh, so, up on two years. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, how's yeah, it, yeah, how's the, How's the um, role evolved and that, uh, that are, you know, how's the early stage practice evolved? And, and then like, obviously we could talk about but pre COVID, how, how, how was it evolving? And then, and then <laughs> let's talk, let's talk a bit about, you know, th- you know, the current state of things. Uh, so, so I think, you know, I went out my first six to nine months and just, just met with founders and VCs and folks in the ecosystem, just, hear what they needed um and what 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 was going on because again i i hadn't been that uh, incredibly active um and di- didn't know how to navigate the universities didn't know what you know what what to expect so did a lot of listening and, and i think the first the first year was okay we can help this founder with this or we can help this connection here and we can connect the dots and that got to get got to get okay to the with that we got got to figure out how to do that within SVB. SVB has got a ton of resources. Um, we've got industry experts all across every field uh, in technology. So there's somebody who is an expert in space. There's people who are experts in consumer, you know, so you, you, you just navigating internally and externally. Um, it just takes a lot of, a lot of bandwidth um, and, and met, started to meet great people and, and started to be connected to those, those dot connectors in various communities, because it's not just Boston, but you have the, Northeastern and the tech stars and the MIT and you name it and the biotech. So try to try to get out and, and be in as many different spaces as possible. Let, let people know that I was out here and, and how I was connecting. And then the second year has really been about, wow, there's a, this is a got a really incredible opportunity to change macro trends within the ecosystem because of where SVB sits. Right. We bank most of the VC funds. We bank most of the founders. We we work with a lot of the partners, and we kind of sit in the middle of all that. And if we do the right things, and the right things by that I mean the right things for New England, for Boston, um, that that we're seeing, and we we can sort of influence here or there to to sort of hit it back on course. There's a tremendous opportunity for even more growth um, uh, within these, these founders in these communities. And, and we want to be there and, and want to support that. Um, and I think that's been the most exciting part for me is, is not just one, one-off conversations, but spinning into things that are, are really holistically going to potentially change the way we think about 
what is happening in in Boston and, and in New England for for technology companies. And I think that like is far beyond what I had dreamed of. Um, I was, you know, I went into the role excited about the individual relationships and building on all those. And then I'm now, I feel like the sky's the limit and um, a real, real sense of, uh, of, 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 hey, we got to go do this. Like there's, there's, this is too important not to be putting a hundred and, you know, 200% into yeah. Amen to that. Like I appreciate the way like you lay that all out and I'm like just recommitted all over again and it, to just like be like on this journey with you and aligned just in general, like, and, and I've appreciated like how supportive, you know, Jesse, you first, and then sort of more broadly, like, you know, Silicon Valley bank has been just in like the Boston speaks up initiative and, and all the, you know, just all the types of creativity that you have for like bringing the community together is, has stoked my fire further. And for anyone that knows me, my fire gets, you know, stoked oftentimes, but, um, but I really, you know, I really appreciate sort of the role that, um, the role that you play, I think it's like, it's critical in the mindset you have to sort of like, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. Like let's, let's help, um, you know, let's, let's help uncover and surface all, you know, a lot of the good that exists in Boston, but let's also kind of like think of new ways that we can sort of like create connectivity and like, you know, create spotlight on what's going on. I think that that's really, um, I just think it's, it's, it's a beautiful sort of mindset and and a great mission and and certainly like unique and important role that you're in. So I'm grateful that, that you and I, um, you know, have this, have this rapport between us and, and, and I'm looking forward to, to working more closely into the future. Um, but as we have this current sort of COVID-19 crisis, um, I think that it's super important and I've been very, and I've also admired how, you Jesse have like really just stepped up and been vocal and like, Hey, like we need to do better for each other. Like you alluded to this in the pre podcast Q and a, like we have to help, um, you know, like, like we can't meet in person. So like we need to be, you know, there, there needs to be good digital events. There needs to be, there needs to be better digital connectivity. There needs to be the, um, the professional equivalent to what you and I are doing with our buddies over the weekends, like catching up with all our high school friends. Like we need to do that from a startup community standpoint. Maybe we don't need as many like formal, like big grandiose, like events, but like just, we like, I, I've been thinking about this a lot. We can take this offline, but like just really pushing for, um, you know, to facilitate like, like video, like video, you know, intimate video hangs between pockets of people that will benefit from ideating together, sharing with each other, et cetera. I think that that's what we need to lean into right now. Um, obviously Silicon Valley bank is, is, um, is busy, um, and has been busy, um, with SBA loans and the, and the, the payment, um, protection program. Uh, how, how's that, you know, how's, how's that all going? You know, what's it, what's it like? Um, and, and do you have any sort of, you know, thoughts and, and advice for, for companies that are maybe, um, you know, in need of just help and assistance, um, in particular related to COVID-19, whether it's securing a loan or just simply, you know, getting connected into the ecosystem to help meet with other founders that are also, you know, navigating or, or, or altogether pivoting, uh, during this current crisis. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot there and there's a, there's a lot through this whole crisis. Right. And, and, and I think I've been tremendously proud of, of working for SVB through this, um, and watching 
our team uh, really dive headfirst into into a process that uh, was not straightforward. That uh, that that the government has not necessarily uh, made easy for for the banks, for the entrepreneurs, for for anybody really involved. And uh, we did it because it's the right thing to do. I mean, the, the bank hadn't done an SBA loan since 1991 because our customers generally don't. Uh, don't they don't work for the, our customers in a lot of in a lot of ways and right. um, this is an extraordinary time uh, and and you need to take extraordinary measures and you already mentioned that we you know we're donating the proceeds um, from these SBA loans to uh, to COVID nineteen relief efforts and I think that's another yeah sort of testament like we're not trying to benefit we're not trying to benefit from these um, we're really trying to get our customers what what they need to continue to to roll in the in the innovation economy and, and continue to do their good work so I think. You know those those resources are one aspect of of getting through uh, parts of this pandemic. I think um, I think there's a mental health health and wellness piece for founders to, mm-hmm. to maintain that sanity. I mean, the highs uh, and the lows are are drastic, especially when you're stuck in a you know a, a small apartment or a small house and you've got all this other stuff going on. I mean, I live it every single day. Kind of like the roller coaster of my two year old is also happens to be the roller coaster of of my my general well well being as well, and I'm not used right. to that uh, as a as a day to day day in and that day out uh, experience. Um, and so I think you know there's just so many different facets to this, and and that make it a, a unique sociological uh, really experiment. And um, and again, what you all you can hope for, I, I think for working for an employer like SVB, all you can truly hope for uh, is is really incredible you, you can hope for incredible leadership and i feel like i've gotten that from our ceo um he was he actually went on a zoom call with the early stage team that's 50 of us um after a week of full of ppp stuff where he was on the front lines in the hot seat um he spent an hour hour with us talking about what we're doing and, and praising us for the job we were doing um you know that that i don't think everybody gets that from their ceo we, we've got three thousand people at svb across the, the world and and he spent an hour with us. So uh, there's different things like that that I've just been um, delight, you know, frankly, you know, blown away by. And I'm learning yeah. every day um, what what it what it takes to to lead in in times like this. Um, but also our partners. And you know, I was able to fortunate enough to be on a a podcast or a Zoom call with the folks at Underscore and and Goodwin yeah. and did did others. And you know, you asked about my response. Um, my response to this whole thing has been, okay, how do we get the founders? the early state founders, the information they need uh, two weeks ahead of where, where they are. Exactly. Um, and, and, yeah. and, and if we can talk to them about real estate, if we can talk to them about venture, if we can talk to them about customers, if we can talk to them about remote work, um, let's get it out there as quickly as possible with the people who know the most about it. And, and then let's move on to the next phase of this thing. Cause there's just going to be so many different phases to it. Um, and, and so that's what we tried to do. That's what we're continuing to try to do. Although I think zoom fatigue is real. Um, and, sure. and, uh, and this next phase is, I think, a, a growing intimate, uh, as you said, growing communities that are niche, um, just like we do normally with a dinner, but it's not a dinner. It's some other experience. Exactly. Um, and I'm yeah. certainly, uh, certainly thinking about that, uh, constantly about what are, what are the next groups we're getting together and how do we allow people to continue to grow connections, uh, even when they're, they're digital. Yeah, maybe we'll get together a little roundtable group to discuss all those different groups and connections that we want to set up. You know, we'll have a little virtual roundtable dinner together. 
<laughs> or something. I, exactly. I've seen interesting. And I've seen some, some ways folks are do like, you know, me all planning, like, like eating the same meal together. Well, virtually, yep. <laughs> like virtually well separated. Um, mm-hmm. Jess, uh, Jesse, you've given us a lot of time. I know we're, I know we're actually up over it right now, but just a, a couple other things like I'd love to hit on before we go. I mean, well, one is like, so kudos to you and your wife, how are things going? What, what's, what's the Bardo house like uh, this week? What, what sorts of things are, um, are you and your wife, te- you know, are you, are you teaching the same things? Have you, have you, are you taking turns on who's teaching what subject? Uh, how, how are things going? <laughs> no, we're not that complicated. We're, we're just, uh, you know, survive in advance. Here. Tackle. Yeah, exactly. My, so uh, we split the day in half directly um, with the kids. Uh, we switch at 1230. Uh, I, you know, I'm either in the morning or afternoon, depending on where, where our meetings stack up. We try to, we try to, uh, like book our meetings in a half day capacity or a week in advance. Um, so, uh, I, I you know, I, I would say the, the toughest thing, and, and we talked to a lot of our parent friends about all this is because of what you're doing, you know, a half day is not enough time for me to do my, my work. It's not enough time for my wife to do her work. Right. A half day of ed- education is not the right amount for my kids and you know the, the they, all of these factors you end up and, and for people who who set a high bar for themselves I, I think we try to with our kids and for ourselves professionally like you're just going to fail and you're going to continue to fail every single day and there's it's just a matter of how do you overcome that feeling that you know for me it's that feeling of guilt about like am i not doing enough at work am i not doing enough with my kids um you know like there's just you've got to like go through the, the cycles and, and hang your hat on, on the successes. And my daughter's now riding a two wheeler bike. Uh, my son's now potty trained. Um, you know, I will take out of this experience that those things happened in their developmental cycles as huge wins. Um, my daughter's reading, uh, on, on her own. Uh, she's five. My, my son's two and a half. He's, uh, you know, he's getting better, better and better with letters and numbers. And like, those are the, the, the big, the big things that I would say, yes, they are on track developmentally. We didn't completely derail them and mess them up completely. Uh, but on a day-to-day basis, it is, uh, it's a tremendous effort. And I feel like just that, just that being honest with ourselves that, yeah. that we're not going to, and, and having those conversations over and over and over again, um, and trying to do your best is all you can do. And, uh, and yeah. I say the same thing to our founders, whether they have kids or not, it's, you have to celebrate the wins. You've got to, you've got to go out and, and make the most of what this experience has given you. Uh, and then at the same time, there's going to be a lot of failure and how are you going to pick yourself up and, and get, get over the hump and, and get to the next piece. Um, you know, that's part of being an, uh, an entrepreneur and it's a part of being a, a, a father and, and all those things, but it's easier, way easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, you got to dip in your silver linings playbook and you've certainly, uh, you, you alluded to some, some, some good positives there and how you're, 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 um, you're dipping into yours, but also like I, what I love is the vulnerable way that you're embracing failure. And I think we all need to, and fail forward is, is taking on a whole new, uh, meaning these days. I mean, I, I love the way you put it. It's like every, like we're like, there's no way for you, your wife, your kids to all get the full, you know, the full schooling or achieve the most at your job each day. You're just going to fail at what you would have normally aspired to do in that day. But you know what? Yeah, we got to progress forward, right? So maybe maybe it's a failure, but we're failing forward together, and you find your silver linings, and and um, and well, and and I, I have this belief that 
and I, this isn't that this is just how I, you know, it's something I feel, I'm sure many hopefully feel this way, that there's this level of commonality that all humans share right now. Like, think about it, Jesse, like three years from now, you and I can be walking down the street in Boston and we can walk by anyone that we like don't recognize, but it's like, are they a stranger? Or are they, or are they just, they're, they're another human that went through the same thing as us, like right now at this moment in time, right? Like there's this like, there's this level of common pain that everyone's going through and just this, this commonality. I just think it's, it, it, I'm, you know, the, the romantic in me wants to think that this can bring the world together. Like we're all experiencing something together. Like it's, it, there's, it's like a, it's like leveling. It really levels the, the playing field a bit just in like, you know, how we're all being challenged and tested and that you could be in a bar three years from now and, and you could have a conversation with, anyone about COVID-19 and just, you know, Oh, like, Oh, are you a parent? What was it like homeschooling? Oh, were you a business owner? What was it like? Oh, were you furloughed? Like, so was I like, there's, there's just, you know, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that, um, you know, that it, that it can help bring people together long-term. And, and I guess it's sort of like a, you know, a parting words from you. Like I'd be, you know, just curious, like aspirationally long-term, what's your, what's your hope for the Boston startup community, you know, in the next, you know, five to 10 years, like, how would you like to see, you know, things change and, and evolve, um, from here? Uh, I, I think, you know, I, I think a lot of the things that are going on right now are, are going to be, uh, what make this next five to 10, 10 years, uh, yeah, especially in Boston. I, you know, I think, um, I think there's, a lot of learnings that are coming out that there's a lot of acceleration of things that were already happening um, that, that are going to, that are being exacerbated now that are, are moving at a much faster clip that um, are going to benefit our, our founders and, and be the, the last thing, be, you know, be that, that long tail of this thing uh, in Boston and the Boston economy. I know people are hurting right now with a lot of the layoffs and, and other pieces, but there's a lot of, early stage founders and, and, and companies that are coming up right now that have solutions for things uh, that we are, that we're struggling with at the moment and, and they're just taken off. Um, and I, and so I think, you know, I think it is, it is going to be, you know, how we take this moment and how, how we as a group um, lean into it and, and come up, you know, come out on the other side uh, is going to be an, tremendously telling. And, and again, this is a, this is a, a life changing, uh, generation changing, uh, event. And, uh, and I, I fully believe that, um, it is going to be the thing that, again, that we're going to be talking about through those five and 10 years about, about the starting points of these companies, about the election yeah. points of these companies that, that we see as the next big groups of, of, of companies to, to dot the skyline of Boston. Um, and, and so I, I'm, I'm very interested it. to see, see how are we going to, you know, who is going to emerge and, and how do we, yeah. how do we, you know, for all of us who are on the, you know, at the support, at the partnership level for, for the ecosystem, how are we doing everything possible to, to help anybody, you know, not just the, not just the, the ones who are already there and, and settled right now, but who, who, who could be the next ones um, who are, who've got that novel experience, that novel customer, that novel uh, you know, technology that are going to get there five years from now. Um, we got to be leaning into them too. And it's not even a sure bet. So, um, I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. I, I'm really excited for that. I, I was listening to, um, 
Kara Swisher and Scott Galloway, they do the Recode Pivot podcast every Friday. And I think it was two weeks ago, Scott Galloway predicted that the the the, the funds, you know, the, the venture funds of 2020 and 2021 will likely, be, he's predicting, will be the highest performing of the next couple of decades, just with the types of, you know, the, the way that um, innovation, innovators, you know, globally speaking, but certainly like the way that Americans and, and American entrepreneurs are, gen- are generally like, we're going to, we're going to innovate a lot right now and um, we're going to support each other. And, you know, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Boston will be like at the forefront of that sort of like that, that new sort of that, this, this rapidly growing tech driven sort of labor market is going to be um, driven globally by a lot of the innovations that are uh, hiding in plain sight right here for Boston. So um, Jesse, thank you, man. Thank you for, um, thank you for supporting Boston speaks up and, and thank you for, um, for being a, a great, um, you know, supporter of the Boston community. Thanks for being a great friend. And, uh, thank you for being so generous with your time. Um, uh, really, I've really enjoyed the conversation today. No, this has been great. And, and Zach, keep it up. I, I, I'm, you know, again, I'm just, I'm just delighted that, that we have, uh, created, that, that, that Boston has created a, a place where folks like you and I feel as passionate about it as, as, as many others. And, and we're lucky, I, you know, there's not a lot yeah. of places I think that have the kind of uh, really the, the folks in it that are so, in a real selfless way, feeling like they, they, sh- they need to, to be a party and engage with the, 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 their ecosystems. And, and, uh, and it's, it's awesome. It's, it's why I love doing what I do because folks like yeah. yourself and others. So keep up the great work, stay safe, uh, and, uh, and certainly best of luck for you and your family as you guys continue to navigate this. But, uh, this is great. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thanks. Yeah. Well, yeah, appreciate that and appreciate you and you enjoy the rest of your day with your, with your lovely family. And, uh, we'll talk soon, bud. Cheers. Bye. All right. Cheers, Boston. Oh, 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 oh,